Hello and welcome to the Life is Storytelling podcast. Today is episode 15. It is a gaming episode. We are going over the Ubisoft Forward, which I've just been calling the Ubisoft Direct. It's just Ubisoft going over a lot of their announcements and what to come. Um, before we get into it, I do have a couple of guests here. Ernest. Hello. And Ash. Hi. And with that, we are going to be going into our feelings first on the company in general. Who wants to go first? Damn, dude. So I sometimes forget that they exist. And then and then I'm like, and then they show me like, hey, look at all this stuff we've done. And I'm like, oh, shit, I've played so many of their games. <laughs> and um, like I was just brought to memory uh, by some of the stuff that they showed us that they did Prince of Persia and I completely forgot it. And I, I, they did not show it at all in the showcase, man. I'm a little disappointed. That would have been pretty cool, but because I, I was just telling Chris like that would be like a, a day one thing for me for sure. But uh, because I love those games, but they they've given me a lot of games that I've loved like over time, and then they've given us just a lot in general. They're a, they're a fucking machine, man. They're just pumping yeah. that stuff out. So, like, content um, value, I know there's some in there, but a lot of this stuff seems like they're just, they, they're just you know, pushing it out, man. Just pushing it out. I don't have much to say on it. I mean, it's kind of been, it's one of those gaming companies that I think at least everybody has come across at least one of their games and has enjoyed it um, because they have been around for a while. I think at least all of us. Yeah, they have variety. I think at least all of us have played at least one Assassin's Creed game, or that's pretty that's that's pretty common. Or they do have you know Rainbow Six Siege. That's a that's a big one for so me. Yeah, we've all played it now. So um, I think overall, I guess Ubisoft as a company, they've they've done well with the games that they have. They've they've definitely stuck with a lot of their biggest games, um, which. I guess it could go both ways as to the people that are diehard fans that are really excited that these franchises are continuing and then others that are like, these are really great studios. They need to come out with different games now. You know, it's about time. So, but I I mean, I would argue the same thing with Nintendo, that there's so many series that they've had that I just wish that they had continued the same way that Ubisoft is, and they're not. So, you know, I could argue it both ways, honestly. And just the last note on it is that you know they've been around for so long like i was just talking about how i played like the first prince of persia that was for like the nes or some shit like that it was like ubisoft back then yeah yeah but it was pixelated you know what i'm saying yes but it's old no no before that they had like platformers yeah prince of persia yeah they had like old old games like way before the ps2s and stuff like that so for them to have the longevity that they've had um goes to show that they're doing something right you know what i mean so definitely a it's weird to want to say powerhouse because they, they mess up a lot as well but you know you know so powerhouse still works whether they mess up or not because the fact that they're still here means they're able they have enough money to be able to make up for any mess ups um and i think a lot of at least so my feelings personally on ubisoft um it's it's a it has developed into kind of a mixed bag for a long time. I just hated them. Um, but especially after, so we just, so full disclosure, we just watched their Ubisoft forward showcase. Like I just said, and there's, I actually felt a lot of nostalgia specifically around the Assassin's Creed portion for sure. But, 
I I mean that was a series I grew up with. Uh, I think that was our last gaming episode that I talked about like how like I would be at I'd be at school talking about like oh what's going on with Desmond Miles this week and stuff like that. But nobody cared. They just wanted the assassin stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And here we are, obviously, 15 years later, and it's mainly just the Assassin stuff now, which is still cool. Um, I do... We'll get into Assassin's Creed later. I was actually going to get pitch and hold on that. Um, I... They have a lot of... They have a lot more IPs than I I, I give them credit for, because I forget that they have a lot. Yeah, yeah. They actually have a good bit. Um, their, their management of it, which I do think is changing... Because I because th- Assassin's Creed taking a couple of years off, uh, or did Valhalla? Ca- no, Valhalla came out with a PS5, so it's been two years. Um, we we've got a bit of a gap between Valhalla and when we're getting Mirage, uh, which was announced for 2023. Um, I think that's good, and maybe that's something more people should do, like Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> you put more gaps. I mean, it just gives you more time for more significant change, but. Uh, I guess I'll just leave my thoughts on the company at that. Um, they they do have promise, and obviously they they are doing something right, at least revenue wise. It's their handling of the stuff, pretty much when it's launched, that I think. I don't know, man. Um, and we'll we'll get into some some specific things later. But I wanted to start off with the way they started off the showcase, which I thought was really good, was with uh, Mario and Mario Rabbids two. Which actually, I think, looks really good. It looks like a really fun, just off-the-wall game. <laughs> I played a little bit of the first one. Um, and it's it's every bit as just ridiculous as this looks. It's just like a good cartoony adventure. And then for them to announce that like Rayman's going to be part of this and it's going to get three DLCs, all this stuff, uh, that just shows like they're going to give a lot of content, give it some support, which I really think the community has been cr- like, please, please support your games. Please get, please like touch up on it, make it better, because um, obviously like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, they've been giving they that's a huge game that's still been getting DLCs, but you don't see a lot of that same treatment for a lot of their other IPs, which is I think a big reason of why we forget they have them, because it's like they forget they have them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's going a little too far, but I'm not gonna say that, nah. <laughs> um, but what did y'all think of Mario Rabbits? I think like the adventure aspect that they showed of it was actually really neat and it gave me the thought of like, ooh, I might want to try this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that they showed like snippets of it, but I the impression that I got before they showed the fighting aspect of it of like, are you exploring this world and there's just no sort of like enemies to run into? And you could kind of see them in the background, but it didn't look like that was actually a problem i guess or like an obstacle they had other ways of showing obstacles like puzzle related Mm -hmm. but it kind of to me was a deterrent because whenever i see like games that are kind of open in that way or like adventure-esque in that way yeah there's stuff to bump into there's enemies to run into it didn't really feel like that was the case and then when they continued on to show like the fighting aspect that they had at least i assume that was for a boss battle yeah it was it yeah, it looked like a boss battle, yeah. Um, it definitely was neat. I don't know if personally that's my kind of style when it comes to fighting games. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'm I'm kind of iffy on it, but it did, however, and I was telling Chris about this. I've always loved the Rabbids 
only because of one game that they came out with called Rabbids Go Home. And it's like a 13-year-old game, but it is amazing. And it's amazingly creative. And you have the time to look into it. I definitely recommend it. So I, the way it looks to me, like I can it less to like a fighting game and more to um, like XCOM, like tactical type yeah. stuff. Right, right. Tackle, yeah, tactical turn based. Thank you. And um, and I'm so bad at those types of games. I'm so bad at them. Like any any kind of like strat game. I'm, I'm just I mess up so bad. I'm so bad at tactical games. Um, like StarCraft, um, XCOM. Like I got I I watched somebody play XCOM two, and I was like so intrigued by it. It looks so fucking dope, and I got it, and I was just bad at it dude so like this game looks so fun but i'm so sure that i would just not be good at it and of course like we were talking about the other day Shley, um anything that you sit down and put time into like you have the potential to be good at right it's like with anything else practice and i'm sure that if i sunk the time into this game um that would happen but i think that would also come with a lot of frustration and I don't think for Mario Rabbids, I'm ready to put that frustration forth and like power through it to play it. But if you are good at those games, like this shit looks fun, dude. So fun. Like all the characters have like little dope abilities and stuff. Like there's a lot of little strats that seem like you can go into it. And it looks like you can maybe change your characters out because they're adding Rayman. So like multiple ways to take down like different bosses and stuff like that. Seems cool. Yes, yes. I have a feeling, though, that this is one of those games where, like, they made the characters with the abilities for, like, different sort of tactics to go into it. Mm-hmm. And that there's just going to be one meta. I have a feeling that this is one of this is going to be one of those things where there's not much of a balance that you can get with, like, each specific set of characters. There's going to become a meta that's going to come out with, um, you know, just check Reddit, I guess. <laughs> but along with that, maybe that, that whole meta will change up when they announce or put Rayman in. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, man. Um, I agree with you on a lot of the, like, the tactical stuff. I... The ones that I can think of that are somewhat like this, because I did try, I tried the first one, I didn't beat it. I, I don't, I guess maybe I'm not, I don't remember. I don't remember why I fell off of it. I borrowed Justin's copy, <laughs> but he beat it. He loves it. Um, but I do think, like, if there was a game like that you're saying, like with the strategic um, turn based combat, stuff like that, I think this would be the kind of one you'd want to try out. Because it looks like it would have more like fun elements than your like regular, like your XCOM. Because it's goofy. It's goofy as hell. We were laughing during the trailer. Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> I love the rabbits dressed as Mario characters. Yeah, right. Rosalina. Rosalina, dude. It's great. And then they have the little, like, sparks, little star characters that add, like, elemental abilities. And they're, they're goofy and adorable looking. Um, I, I think this game has its own vibe with, with all this. And I think it's very, very prominent. Even the guy presenting it killed it. Love that, love that guy. Absolutely killed it. Can't remember his name. Um, but to move, but moving on from uh, the rabbits, we so there's a game we here have discussed off the podcast. I think it's been brought up a couple of times on here. Um, they did show us more. Honestly, not a lot more, but they showed us more skull and bones. Um, I think we're all fans of pirates here. We can we can say that. We, I think a good pirate game would rope us in. Um, if you if it wasn't for it being Xbox exclusive, I'm sure you would have hopped on uh, 
Sea of Thieves with us, um, but me and Ash here, along with uh, some guy named Justin. Um, we played a good bit of Sea of Thieves there for a bit when I first got my Xbox and had a blast. Um, with everything I've seen about Skull and Bones, obviously they haven't hid the fact that it's like doubling down on the whole naval combat thing. They have not hid from that. That's what the game that is what the game is, absolutely. But every so often... And there's only been really two showings of this. They do not really make it. They they talk about stuff off the ship, like this. They, before they showed the cinema, well, no, they showed the cinematic for this game, and then the first gameplay you saw was you and what I'm guessing is like your hub world area that you get your quests for, and then you get on the boat and customize all that. Um, so I'm not saying that anything's being misled or whatnot, but uh, I just don't know from everything we've seen and heard, if this is the pirate game I'm wanting it to be, because of course you can't, you cannot avoid naval combat. It's going to be there. Um, and I can accept that. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. But people, naval combat is a big issue for some people. Um, and it's mainly about like the handling of it. I think to kind of continue where you're going with that. Um, if sea of thieves wasn't a game and skull of bones was coming out, I would probably still be all for it. But I think I got personally my pirate fill of like what I would want a pirate game to be from Sea of Thieves, especially with everything that they've been able to add into it, like with the customization, with the battles that you'll get into, with the treasure hunting, with the different types of storylines and adventures that you come across. Yeah, with your friends, how you interact with friends, like the proximity mics. I think they do really well. Yeah, someone's ship will be flying past you and just hear them talking or yelling about something, you know. Um, That it's taken away from any interest that I might have towards Skull and Bones. Personally, I'm also not a big fan of just the naval combat. Um, I found even in Sea of Thieves that the fights that we were getting into was just jumping onto someone's ship and just attacking them on their ship or vice versa. Um, Or, yeah, or the interactions you get when you're on land. Um... And I think they showed a glimpse of it, but the mobility that you get in Sea of Thieves, even within your ship, feels like you're actually manning a ship. Whereas I don't necessarily know if that'll be the case. Might still give it a try. Yeah, they haven't shown, like, other than, I guess, the customization towards protecting your ship. Yeah, what it'll look like from your perspective. But I, I guess, just personally, the fill that I got from Sea of Thieves is a pirate game. I'm just not entirely interested in Skull and Bones anymore. Yeah. Well, as Chris said, I didn't get to play Sea of Thieves, so I don't have that to compare it to. But um, so just looking at it, like I'm not a big naval combat person either. Um, And that's saying something. He was in the Navy. The Navy sucked. (laughs) So... (laughs) But I, I'm not I'm not a big like, you know, sea combat one either. But um I definitely see like for somebody that loves that type of combat, like this is the game for you. Cause they're pouring it all into naval combat. And like you said, I don't think they've tried to hide that that's the kind of game that it's going to be. Like, yeah, like we're doubling down on this naval combat that's this game and if you like that come to us because we're going to give you what you want you know like um 
like I said, I, I don't have the experience with the other game to compare it to it. So just looking from an outsider's view, I, I could see how somebody would be really interested in this game. Um, in the end, I don't think that that is going to be for me, but I know that there's a huge, you know, base of people out there that are totally into naval combat, and I think it'll be great for them. I absolutely agree with you. Um, I do think it's it's a funny thought I just had as you were saying that there's people out there that like would be craving a naval combat game, because um, I bet a lot of those people are just people who have wanted something else other than just Assassin's Creed Black Flag which is also made by Ubisoft. And it's just like, let's hold out. Let's make sure that they'll absolutely buy this. Um, I am going to be super curious about this game's launch with it coming out the day before God of War. Uh, I, I have to imagine there's not a lot of choices with a game that's been like delayed for seven years to like when they actually have the green light to go. Maybe you just got to take what you get. And then again, it, this will be on more than just one platform, whereas God of War will be on PlayStation exclusively. Um but the the crossplay is huge. Every, I I do think every, every online should we we should be seeing a lot more crossplay. Um, but I'll be I'll be curious to see where we go from there. We'll 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 have to keep an eye on that launch. So to move on to an, another big franchise, which until they showed it on here, I completely forgot was theirs, which we kind of hinted at earlier. Um, the division. Yeah. It's it. First of all, it's a thing. I forgot. That's a thing. Yeah. Uh, have you touched the division, Ernest? Yes. Okay. And I know, Ash, you you just said you'd touch the first one. Um, I, as well, have only touched the first one. Obviously, know people who go into it a lot. But, uh, man, I forgot that that was a thing. Um, and apparently, it's doing well enough to continue getting content. It's getting some DLC. It's getting a mobile version. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, it's, it's still just alive and kicking. That's crazy. I don't – so I have nothing really negative to say about The Division. It's more just like, wow, that exists – so I played the Division 1 quite heavily, I guess, when it first was released, because at the time I was also playing Rainbow Six Siege, so it was just kind of a Tom Clancy yeah. kick. Um, for me, though, it was one of those games that I played as much as I could, and then I didn't want to play anymore. I don't want to touch the game. I don't want to play it anymore. Like, I am exhausted of the game. And it was just one of those things where, like, you really do everything that you can. You get your gear leveled up to a really high level. You do everything that you can in that sense um you go into pvp mode and i think that for a lot of people if they've stuck with the games it's because of the pvp because it really does run dry without that i'd say so maybe that's how they've been able to stick with it but personally i can't i'm not i'm not interested in division two i'm not you know it's neat it's cool that they still have the franchise going yeah i mean it really was a detailed game from what i remember there was a lot of effort that was clearly put into it it just not for me anymore. <laughs> so I, I didn't play the first one. I only played the second one, I believe. Um, and the way that I was roped into it was somebody that told me that it was like Destiny. Um, it's like Destiny, but not space, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I was like, it, yeah, which which seemed, it, it felt true. So I was like, oh, man, that, that seems really cool. Hopped on it, um, enjoyed it for a little bit, and then uh, was unable to keep in touch um, at least on the game um, with the people that I was playing with and then was just found myself like playing solo and just feeling a little bit underwhelmed. It was a lot better when my friends were on, you know, um, yeah, and not, 
and not blaming them for falling off or anything like that either but like if you're if you're playing that game solo like i just wasn't having a good time so i did fall off of it um but i'm sure that there's people out there that can enjoy it solo um i'm sure that and then i'm sure that other people have friends that are dedicated to that game and they're dedicated to it together so for them i'm sure this is great um because they must have a huge base if they're pumping out this content this way i didn't know it was like in season 10 or anything like that um which like i mean and that's one of i guess that's one of the perks of having a ubisoft specific uh showcases that you know they're talking about this stuff like we already know when really like it's probably like that specific base that knows so um so i get i get why they're they're putting it out there awesome if you're a fan um it's not gonna make me get back into it or anything though so jerry please stop asking um but since we were just talking, I just brought up that they announced that the, the division is getting a mobile version. I wanted to bring up probably their most popular shooter, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, is also getting a mobile game. Yeah. And they show they showed a good bit. And again, I've said it before: the best thing you can do when you make announcements, uh, like for upcoming projects, I, you need to have gameplay, especially when you're because mo- the mobile market obviously it's very lucrative. People are doing it and making money off of it. But at the same time, uh, people are looking at it like they need to know what they're getting into. Um, they need to see like what effort you're putting into it. And they did show a little bit of gameplay, and I don't think it looked bad. And, of course, you're going to get a drop in quality from – like a, it's not going to look like you're playing on a PS5 or a PS4. Um, you're playing on your, on your phone. Th- this isn't necessarily directed towards re- just Rainbow Six um, or even The Division. I personally – do not understand the craze of trying to put your shooters on mobile. I, I don't get it. Um, I guess the argument could be like, you can, you can play this on the go. The switch exists. The switch literally exists. There's no way. So even the version that they showed on this, uh, on this direct um, of that gameplay footage, you could play that on the switch. And I guarantee you that's going to be a better time than playing on your phone. Um, Granted, your phone probably has a better battery. I don't know. The newer switches have good batteries, but um, I, I just don't get it. Uh, obviously, it's going to keep happening. It's do it's, something's being done very well for them to other companies be making these decisions to do it. Absolutely, the, like the, you're saying, there's a fan, but you're saying there's a fan base directly just like, dude. I hope this shit comes to mobile, man. There's a huge mobile gamer community, like streamers. All so the way the way that I understand it, like. Fortnite going to the phone was huge because people could just play it on the go. And instead of carrying, like, I mean, the Switch is not a lot to carry around. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, you carry around your phone and you hook up your control to it and you play Fortnite, like, anywhere you go. You know what I mean? And then, or, like, you play uh, the Call of Duty mobile app is, like, really big. Um, And not, not for me. Not for me at all, <laughs> but like there's a lot of people on that thing, yeah. and um, it is hard to play like with on your with your thumbs on your screen. Definitely, I I found it very hard. Like, and it was cool to like fuck around with for a day, and then dropped it right. But like with the control, if you hook it up, like it's it's oh, like playing, yeah. But see, if you have your phone and then you have a control with you, that feels like you're lugging a lot around. I'm not, I'm not, I imagine the majority of the mobile market isn't people lugging around a controller doing that. They're probably just playing on their phone. So like for 
an example, like I have a brother-in-law, he works in the oil fields and not everybody can take their system out there. They have to leave it at home for their kids and stuff. Um, they have their phone with them all the time and they just have like a PS4 control, hook it up to their, to their mobile thing and they just play out there. And all you need is like some Wi-Fi, you know, so it's convenient for some folks. Fair enough. That is, that is a market I definitely did not consider. Um, I will say though, with Rainbow Six Siege specifically, since we have played a decent bit of it, um, with it being as tactical as it is, I can't imagine this is going to be something that's like, I'm so glad this is on mobile. Because I just feel like it's not going to translate well. Well, and to add on to that, because that's actually what I wanted to address, Rainbow Six Siege is one of those shooters that like, in the competitive scene, people play on PC only with a keyboard and mouse because it's such a technical game to play that you have to have the capabilities that a keyboard can better provide than even a controller in this case, or even the specific settings that you can have with PC versus console. So then to have it on mobile, I guess looking at it from like a competitive perspective is kind of just a joke because there's no way that you'll be able to reach the skill base that even console players are getting to, even with a controller, I can imagine, because they're also competing then against people that are playing on PC, which is just an added skill base yeah. to it. Like it's it's like going from like kindergarten to like elementary school yeah. to college, you know, <laughs> like there's just this extreme in technicality. Uh, but I definitely understand the earnest perspective of saying like mm-hmm. there's people, though, that are out there that they can't just keep, take their console with them or it's not always convenient for them. Say they travel often. It's definitely great if you're a fan of Rainbow Six Siege. Mm-hmm. I definitely have been. Yeah, I definitely have been in the headspace of like, I just want to play Rainbow Six Siege. I want to peek those corners. I want to make kids upset at me for like doing better than them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like there's just that fun with it. But then on top of that. Even with playing on a computer, there's a technical, like, you have to have an SD card. I guess it's the biggest thing. Anybody that has played Rainbow Six Siege knows that if you load into a game and you don't have an SD card, everybody is telling you to just go buy one because the game takes forever to load. That I wonder, and that's always been the case, even for how long the game has been out, that that still is a consistent problem where load times have always been an issue. I wonder how they're tackling something like that on mobile where I'm assuming a majority or all are dealing with Wi-Fi, which already is something that anybody that plays any sort of shooter knows. The moment that you're playing on Wi-Fi, you're kind of a joke because you could be lagging out or you could drop from the lobby or so on and so forth that even just playing on Wi-Fi with a shooter is miserable. Like, especially people that can take advantage of it, too, where they're liking so hard you can't even shoot them because their body is actually in a different place and it just hasn't caught up yet. Um, (laughs) That with the technicality that is Rainbow Six Siege, someone playing on Wi-Fi, someone playing on Wi-Fi on a phone that could be out in a cabin, someone playing Wi-Fi that, you know, is on a phone out in a cabin with a controller. I don't, I just, I don't see how they can keep up with the technic, the problems that will come from... Yeah, if if they already exist on people that are even staying completely stagnant, I just I don't know how that's going to work, and I imagine it's going to create quite a few complaints from the community. It, it does seem like they I don't want to say dumb the game down because it seems like they try to keep the majority of like the gameplay aspects to it, but uh, like you said, the graphics are uh, brought way way down. So 
I can only imagine like some of the packages that they're loading into this bitch is just yeah. a lot smaller than what you usually get and like fit for mobile or else they wouldn't have put it out there. But I mean, with any mobile app, like you could try to play any other mobile game and sometimes you're going to have lag and stuff. It definitely does depend on your network. So I'd imagine there's going to be some fucking rage quitting and stuff in there, especially at the beginning with the usual bugs that we get from this company. Uh, yeah, from launches, my bad. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it's, I think it's going to be hit or miss, especially for your friends in the cabins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, and then to here's add on, guys in the yeah, here's, hey, here's you guys in the cabins. Um, <laughs> you'll be getting this episode a year from now <laughs> when it loads. <laughs> um, I think another thing that's not talked or touched up on for people that haven't played Rainbow Six Siege that are trying to get into it will tell you it is a hard game to get into. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It it has an extreme like learning curve. Learning curve. A massive learning curve. There's I don't know they didn't show all too many ops that I wonder if they're limiting what ops are actually gonna be even in the mobile app, which will be for the better because that's that's a lot of a lot less potential crashes that could happen in the game <laughs> the yeah the, the less you put in here the less better yeah yeah it's yeah it's gonna so the only thing is though that i would say on it is that if anybody is kind of interested in taking up rainbow six siege and they don't want to put in the investment in the game because yeah, i think by now they have so many season passes that if you're just buying like the game raw you're gonna be miserable <laughs> um it's kind of one of those games where you put more money into it to get overall a better experience even um if it is limited which they already mentioned with the maps um it's definitely something worth trying out even you know to give just an understanding of like hey maybe i might like playing rainbow six siege i've played other shooters yeah if it's yeah i mean lower graphics if you if it's specified ops if it's specific maps like it'll definitely give you a taste of what rainbow six siege could actually be like though for anybody that actually does play it I don't think making the swap to mobile just for the convenience will feel all that much better of like getting, getting you that kick of I got to play R6 because if it is it is that detailed of a game that even losing the graphics or losing in that detail, you're missing out on a lot. Like, I mean, the biggest thing that you hear is like peeking, peeking corners, right? That's like the pros play at pixel levels, basically. They, they play at the smallest viewpoints. They play in the, like, smallest settings. They see, like, one ounce of movement they're shooting. You're not going to be getting that with <laughs> with mobile, you know? I mean, and yeah, that's I just from a competitive I, perspective that I, I see it like that. a more casual player, though. Yeah. You should not assume those things for uh, Ubisoft. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to play Conflict, play on PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Unless like mobile was guaranteed to be against other mobile users, I, yeah, that that I, I imagine could be a thing. I don't know. But, is that how Fortnite is? No, that's crossplay. So that's what I'm. I don't know. I don't think this is crossplay. Like to be fair, all they announced for it is that there's a beta coming, and yeah. we don't have. And it's they're expecting an actual game next year, so they're still working through it. But please, Ubisoft people will care. Treat this with care. Um, but moving on to the next announcement I have here. I was actually really happy with this one. I thought it was really cool because I, again, forgot it existed. Um, this one I won't give to them because it's just a super old IP. But Rocksmith. 
And then them announcing Rocksmith Plus. Everything is just now Plus, though. But whatever, that's fine. Um, and it's like a subscription, looks like a subscription-based service uh, where you pretty much get to play Rocksmith. Um, but by pay- paying the certain amount a month, you get these like monthly new drops of like songs, stuff like that. Um, still looks like it functions just like the regular Rocksmith where you're like essentially guitar hero but you actually learn how to play guitar um which i've always thought rocksmith was such a good idea uh, it just seems re- like a really cool really, really appealing it's a really good way to, especially today um to help people like get into the get, learn the instrument uh, makes it fun makes it interesting uh, not to say that learning it the old school way is not interesting <laughs> yeah. um but I, I think it'll appeal to a lot of people especially people like myself who are like adhd and stuff like that it's hard to stick to some things and learning guitar is not easy and i'm not saying this is going to make it easier but it's in a format that's easier to digest i guess is a way to put it yeah it's for like visual learners yeah yeah so i had no idea that rocksmith was a thing um but i definitely agree with chris when he says like it's a good idea it definitely is like personally for me i'm not much of a musically talented individual and i think even just taking the time to read music is a part of the learning of learning how to play a guitar especially if you're trying to be self-taught that this is like a great way to not only give you like the visual of where your hands are supposed to go but also music to follow along with it now with the rocksmith plus so if you're learning how to play guitar in a cabin now you've got more songs to pick from (laughs) for our cabin bands (laughs) but yeah i i definitely i think it's a great idea you know it kind of if I was more musically talented, I think that'd be a route that I would choose to yeah. learn how to play guitar, you know, for anybody that is trying to be self-taught, like YouTube college is great, but to have that visual and kind of, especially if you're someone that likes to play video games, you played, um, you know, any sort of like guitar hero. Yeah. This is one of those like step up from it because yeah. I know, at least for me when I was a kid playing guitar hero, I was like, I can play the guitar. I'm great at this. Like yeah, yeah. these four buttons busted. I'm great <laughs> at it. You know, like I, I can play the guitar now. Like. Now imagine that you actually are just playing it with the guitar, right? Yeah. Then you actually are learning how to play the guitar. And it's just it's a great idea. So pretty much repeating what my friends here have said. Um, Rocksmith seems great if you're trying to get into it. Um, if you did learn through Rocksmith and just enjoy that feeling of getting that feedback and making sure that you are playing the right notes at the right time and stuff like that. Um, because, I mean, I imagine if you learned by, by going through Rocksmith and you could actually afford that, that because it is pretty expensive um and which is why when i first heard it announced i was like oh shit like i could learn to play guitar and like but i was i was thinking like a 60 dollar type deal but it's more than that and not saying that it's not worth that much but um yeah um if you did if you were able to get into it that way and you did learn to play guitar this way, then I can only imagine that, you know, them pumping out the songs and stuff like that and giving it kind of the, um, what is it? Like the just, just dance treatment, which we're going to get to, um, like where they're just, you know, pumping out new content cause they can add new songs and stuff like that. Like at this point, it's probably just fun to play along, like on, on the game and stuff. And I imagine if you get one song down, that would allow you to take yeah. your guitar somewhere else, plug into an amp and just like fucking rock out to that shit that you've been practicing at home. So, yeah, it, it seems really cool. Completely agree. I do want to point out um, they did not tell the price of the subscription service. Mm. We don't we don't know what that is. 
Eight dollars and thirty-three cents. Yeah, it was like eight something. That's so specific. That is weirdly specific. So okay, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 100% on what the, the price on that was. So please don't quote us here. Google that for yourselves. Um, but since Ernest brought it up, and it's like the biggest thing they announced, Just Dance is still a thing. And oh my God, it's pretty. It's the only, it looks the same as the Rocksmith presentation. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't dislike it. Uh, I just can't believe it's still here. <laughs> I remember working at GameStop when the the Xbox One on PS4 came out, and we were getting a steady stream of those releases. But Just Dance was still the only game that came out for those new consoles, but still came out for like the Wii. <laughs> it was just like because I mean, obviously, there's not a lot going on on the screen there. Your your Wii can run it. Um, I will say, and props to them for finally doing it. I don't think the Wii can run this one. There's a lot going on with that menu, man. Um, but overall, I was actually pretty impressed. I, I'm not getting it. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's a big IP for them, for sure. Um, it has to be a big moneymaker for them, I can only imagine. Uh, I think it looks good. I think it looks fun. I think the reason why they're sticking with Just Dance is because it's easy. It's, it's one of those things that, like, even going to PAX when they still had it, PAX South, PAX East, mm-hmm. when they had it here... They always had a display with just a simple stage, and it was just dance. Just dance. It's just it's it's, it's just dance. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's easy. I mean, Ernest. Actually, I'll let him talk on it, but he was talking about how it's a good way to handle kids. Oh, I'll yeah. let him go into detail about that. But like on top of that, actually, I want to emphasize. Chris doesn't mention it, but when we were sitting here watching it, at first it was a like, oh, it's just dance. But then like as they went through you know explaining the features that they've added to it it was kind of a surprise of like they're actually putting heart into these like it's not just a like can we add it to the Wii? you know it's it's a like they know that there are people out there that are really using just stance Mm -hmm. and they're actually making the time and effort to to keep it still like fresh and provide quality product and like yeah provide a storyline even they mentioned that they had oh, yeah. characters it's that you can follow through line. which personally i was surprised by because for me it was just dance <laughs> like it's just people dancing it's, it's not yeah just it's not just dance there's characters guys like there's there's a storyline that they're developing within these songs like they're putting real effort into it mm-hmm. and you can tell even just from their presentation that like they put consideration into people being able to play online with their friends now instead yeah. of it just being an in-person thing like that's kind of embarrassing having your friends around, you know, but now you can have your friends at home and they can still be around. Yeah. You're still hanging out with your friends. Like it, it genuinely though, you could tell that like there's love that's going behind this project and, and there's lots of effort that still is going into it, you know, and it's for kids. It could be for adults. I mean, you do you. Yeah. It's, it's for everyone. You say with me, you just dance, (laughs) but I'll let Ernest explain. All right. So I got rhythm. No, nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> I was about to bust out a rap, bitch. Fucking. <laughs> but I couldn't think of anything that rhymed with rhythm, so I stopped. But uh, yeah, I've been around. I've been around. Like, just dance and myself have like passed each other on a busy street a couple of times. You know what I mean? We've never had any direct interaction. But, like, we see each other in the crowd once in a while. We make eye contact. And then we just go our separate ways. Right, right. And then we just go our separate ways. And then once in a while, I'm like, 
I wonder how that game's doing. But I got an update on it today. And um, <laughs> so um, it's, it's great what they're doing, for sure. Because like I said, like I've seen it in different settings and it and it's worked in each one of them um, to the point where so they have just dance videos like on YouTube and uh, for kids that don't have video game systems and their parents don't want to like invest extra in a camera and because those are pricey yeah. and stuff like that like motherfuckers would just throw up a youtube video of a, a just dance like stage or episode whatever it is and um their kids will stand there in front of the tv and just dance their little hearts out to this shit and then they want to take naps and then you have adult time it's awesome it's awesome um it's it's like a babysitter you just put on dance the just dance videos and let them have at it right but then i've also yeah you should you should invest in the game and give them their money that's what i said and then so so i've also seen it like uh so as mentioned earlier i was in the navy and in the navy you stay in barracks right and i remember going to the lounge and just seeing people they're like people would always like set up their systems down there if they're playing like a big game that just came out people would just sit around and watch them and stuff it was cool um then every once in a while you would go down there and they would have just dance on and everybody like the whole lounge would be full and everybody would get up there like you know four at a time or whatever and like take a turn at it and everybody's just down there like cheering them on and stuff it was good times was it anything like the dancing scene in the like the under and like the lower decks of the Titanic in that movie? Exactly like that, oh Chris. Exactly <laughs> like that scene. No, but I mean, it, it's it's like a cool party thing, okay. you know what I mean? And and like I can't lie, there was always like that little piece of me that was like, I should fucking go up there and show them how it's done, dog. But like. And then and then I'd be like, mm, I'm gonna go to the bar because that was the Navy. But yeah, I was very surprised that we like first of all we re- we received it really well. It looks good. That like you were like Ash was saying, there's a lot of like work that you can tell went into this. And this is the first look we got into it. I mean, they're obviously gonna show more before it actually comes out. Um, but yeah, I'm I am I did not go into this showcase thinking that I was gonna be having positive like reaction uh, having a positive reaction to just dance of all or things anything. or say yeah or anything or whatever but but yeah no it was good i was impressed and hey man if that's your game you have a you have a lot of stuff to look forward to it, it's really the dancing is well done uh like they they got real you know choreographers out here like fucking doing their thing to these songs and then so like it's it's stuff that you would see like on one of these dancing tv shows or something like that right so like it's high quality stuff and i mean i can't i don't know if it's like rocksmith where like you get down that dance and then you go to the club and show everybody (laughs) your new moves or anything like that but i mean it is legit like dance and stuff i imagine if you're if you are a dancer I'm going to try not to do this with every game, <laughs> but I imagine like if you are a dancer, like you fucking love this shit, right? But now moving on to what was obviously like the meat of the the direct, the forward, as they say, um, they, they literally called it a showcase. It's a showcase within the showcase they already had. Um, Assassin's Creed. We saw a lot of Assassin's Creed um, footage. Okay, we saw a lot of Assassin's Creed cinematic, not necessarily gameplay. But um, this did mark, they, they did celebrate the 15th anniversary of Assassin's Creed, the franchise. 
Um, as Ashley said at the beginning, I'm fairly certain all of us have played at least one, maybe maybe two, maybe a few. Um, I've, I've dabbled in it. It's definitely a series like I was really strong in at the beginning. Like I was like, one, okay, more, all right. The second one, you fight the Pope. Never forget that. I was like, you can't top that. And I don't know if they ever did. Cause I, but, <laughs> um, but you fight the Pope. And that's Ezio's first game. Um, three was cool. I don't need to go through every single one. My bad. But, uh, but I, I was really invested in the series. Uh, then I just kind of fell off. And then I come, came back in with Assassin's Creed Syndicate. The first one that had, um, it has twins. And you can play as a brother or a sister. Or I guess it's both because they're both involved in the story. Um, and since then, of the newer ones, I have played Assassin's Creed Origins, which is where they really begun the new like RPG elements and stuff like that. And I did actually beat that one. I put that out there because I've tried a few of the other newer ones and I did not finish those. These are massive games. <laughs> um, but that being said, when we were watching this showcase, I actually felt a good bit of nostalgia for this series because back in the days when we all had cable and it was just a normal thing you would see these live action trailers for assassin's creed like it's just a little reenactment of something that can happen in the game and they showed all of them during this showcase and i was just like oh my god i forgot these existed and i'm so happy because especially when you look at it as an adult because i was a child when these came out man are they cheesy like they (laughs) but it I mean, at the same time, it's such a fun way to hype your game because they don't do those anymore. Um, I kind of, and unfortunately, they didn't do it for the new game they announced today. I would have loved had they done that. But we got our first announcement of, well, okay, not announcement. We got a cinematic for Assassin's Creed Mirage. And um, I will say it's only cinematic. looks really pretty. But even from the cinematic, you can really tell, like we touched on it when we just got the image it's kind of like Assassin's Creed is going back to its roots. I imagine, because there's no way they're going to go back on all of the new like RPG elements that have been introduced with like the newer wave of games, because there has been a lot of positive feedback on that. And I think you should keep that. It just gives you more like to grind for, like higher level gear and all this stuff. Um, but I really like, at least that it looks like we're getting more like of a simplistic feel to it. And... As of right now, I am thinking I'm going to get this day one. Um, I th- about feeling nostalgic, um, kind of a little story. Well, before I even touched the Assassin's Creed games, um, it was when I was in like middle school. I had one of those cool teachers that he brought in his PlayStation, and he was showing us around one of the Assassin's Creed games um, because we were touching up on Renaissance history. And he's like, no, you know, he told us ahead. He's like, I can't kill anybody, you know. <laughs> Obviously, because I brought this into school, but he talked about the accuracy behind the actual like game design and the layout and the like materials that they show and the outfits that they have everybody wearing. Like the one thing that Assassin's Creed as a series has always done really well is their historical accuracy. Like now given an assassin running around fighting the Pope, that's not historically accurate. But yeah, yeah, they do. They insert them into history and it is really actually historically, historically accurate, Mm -hmm. um, which is something that they even touched up on in this introduction of Mirage was that it, that they're really playing on history and how history tells itself in a way is what makes the games exciting. Mm -hmm. And so kind of in feeling like the original games, that personally was where to me, it felt like they were touching up on history Mm -hmm. 
um, that I'm really hoping that in this case that'll that'll be how it is too, instead of kind of more fantastical in some ways, um, which is also something that, at least for me, was a deterrent, was where it did get more fantasy-based of having, like, spirits that you can use. Um, that wasn't it for me, because I love the old Renaissance, right? Another thing that I'm excited about with this newest one, um, other than the other two that they had mentioned, um, the one to be released in 2023, Mirage, um, I'm excited that it's going to be touching up on Middle Eastern history, because at least from an American education standpoint, that's not generally, it's, it's not what we get to touch up on. Yeah, we get like European history and we'll get some Renaissance, like the Black Plague, but other than that, Middle Eastern history is kind of like an untouched realm, personally. I mean, other than the more recent histories, of course. Um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see that realm, the like trade system that they have. I'm excited. I'm excited for it to touch up on that side of history. Like it'll be nice to be more involved in it. Involved in it. Like it's more impactful. Like what historical figures did they talk about that they were going to be putting into this game? Right. Like it, I'm interested. I am. I don't know if I'll be getting it day one. I was kind of hesitant even with Valhalla. Um, just the gameplay style, if it still is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm definitely interested to hear on it. So that cinematic was beautiful. Yeah. For sure. Um, I'm super intrigued by that and to see like where they go with how pretty it is. Mm-hmm. Um, because that only makes me more hopeful for when Prince of Persia finally does come out. But um, I, if we ever get it, man, if we ever get it, but if not, this might be, um, as close as we get. I do love, they announced some things that you can get with like the collector's edition. And one of the things that you see in the corner and they didn't even really say it out loud, but I, I fucking peeped it, man, is you get a skin for your character. That's Prince of Persia based. And no, it was up there. It was up there, Chris. You don't know. And, um, yeah, yeah, it it does them taking it back to where it was. I I it's exciting to me, but at the same time I haven't played any of them since the old ones. So I'm not sure if I even necessarily want to go back because I didn't experience the new stuff. Um I we just got a bunch of the Assassin's Creed's games on uh PlayStation Plus. Uh extra. So like it's it's like all of them on there and like oh, there's this huge piece of me that wants to just, like, dive into all of it. Um, but it's so fucking much, though. Um, it's a lot of games, um, and it's huge games at that. So, I mean, that would take, I don't know how long that would take me. I would have to quit my job, I think. Um, and I like my job, so I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna probably not play all of those games. But, um it's, I've never not been intrigued by this franchise and the stuff that they're putting out. I've never like felt like I needed to roll my eyes at any any of the stuff that they're doing. They are coming out with that mobile game. Though. But uh, we'll get to that in a second. Mirage itself um, looks looks pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah and um, I don't know about day one. I, I wouldn't mind getting hands on it, though. For sure. Um, I do want to point out as of now, because I might be just riding a hype wave. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, and I, I, I know all we saw was a cinematic. Mm-hmm. The gameplay could somehow just be awful. Um, 
we'll see. So far, the setting, the character, what they showed us, I'm down for. Um, and I'm excited to see more. And if, if they do manage to stick the, the landing for next year... Well, actually, there's a there's a lot of really big games coming out next year. Um, we will we'll see what comes out around it. But yeah, so just to like reiterate, as of now, like I said, I'm 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 like hyped for it. I'm excited for what they showed me. And like at the beginning of the showcase, I was feeling nostalgia, and that's my weakness, man. It's like what I told you with the Dragon Ball Z thing. Yeah. D- DBZ is a flawed anime, but I fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> It it did raise me. It did raise me. And this is like this and Bioshock were my jam when they came out on the 360. And it just, it was my life. It was my life. And that's still, I can't believe that we're, well, granted, I don't want as many Bioshocks as we have Assassin's Creed, but Bioshock 4 has been in development for a minute. Um, Anyway, moving on from Assassin's Creed Mirage, as Ash alluded to, we got announcements for two new, like, literal, like, console titles. The future of Assassin's Creed, essentially. Um, As well as a mobile game. (laughs) Um, The mobile game being Assassin's Creed Codename Jade, and then the the two main titles that will be coming to consoles are Assassin's Creed Codename Red and Assassin's Creed Codename, is it Hexa? Hexa. 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 Yeah. Hexa. Hexa. Whatever. Hex. But I think it's super cool. Actually, the more I'm thinking. So I do think it's super cool that they already have plans for these titles. Um, that being said, obviously, you don't see anything for it. They showed little, they, they showed like a little cinematic um codename red will be set in feudal japan people have been wanting this forever i do imagine like that like at least setting without knowing much else there's gonna be people who have left the franchise who are gonna consider coming back for that one specifically because that's been being asked for since Atsuya was first introduced like it people it just makes sense <laughs> it makes sense um there i did i didn't hear that they set a setting for hex Obviously, that's the one that's late. That's further out. I think that's the furthest out. Um, but they did the. So I'm actually more interested in the cinematic for that one because uh, I got really like horror vibes from it. It was very Blair Witch for me um, with like the woods. You see a camera panning through these trees. Um, and I don't think there's like very little like leaves on. Like there were like dead trees, and then you just see this little little thing hanging in the air. And obviously, it's a, a uh, it's the Assassin's Creed symbol. It's the A. Um, but it looked very much like a uh, like a, like a talisman of sorts or something, just like a little place marker, just out in the middle of the woods, and then it cuts. And the bastard, the guy presenting this, was like, "I can't wait till people do a deep dive into the tra- deep dive into the trailer." And I was like, "Just tell me, just tell me what the fuck is in there." <laughs> and it's supposed so Hex is supposed to be a very different Assassin's Creed story, which you can really feel when you see that cinematic. Um, and I'm super curious what that would look like. It's super... So, so with a franchise this varied, like there's so many entries, I actually can't believe I haven't thought about like, hey, they don't all need to be the same damn thing. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't know necessarily... Like, obviously that kind of giving like the horror vibes and it sounds like y'all kind of got the same feel. I don't know what a horror Assassin's Creed would even look like. That would be something I want to play. I don't know either. I, I can only imagine that it's going to be... Like if I'm kind of wondering 
Um, because obviously, like with Japan, there's always just the reference to ninjas, yep. right? Which I guess you can refer a ninja as like an assassin, but I feel like that could also just be like an open door into a bunch of different categories that they can follow into like the Assassin's Creed series. Um, though I guess, of course, when you call it what it is, it's still Assassin's Creed that I have no idea where they would be able to follow with whatever kind of like, um, like a witchcraft type world yeah. would be in like what where would that be located like what Salem? W- would it be like new america basically yeah. like it would be the colonies because that would be kind of neat but i wonder what kind of assassins aspect would you be able exactly. to get out of that be, right yeah. would would they touch up on native americans would they touch up on that kind that of history as well yeah so Going off what you just said, I think this would be a great entry because they don't have a main franchise, main Assassin's Creed title that is led by a female protagonist. They have the ones they have, you get to choose between the male and the female. Um, I think the setting that you just painted, uh, I think that would be perfect to be like the one. Like, I, I think that would make it make sense, especially with that time period and with the things they had to go through um, there. But again, gameplay wise, I don't know what that would look like. And we're not, I mean, no one's going to know until we get a trailer or whatever. And the more you think about it, there's a whole wall of we're going to get the Japan one before this. But uh. And then to touch up on the Japan one, though, if they stick with it being historic, historical, it's going to be really neat. Like a lot of that time period of Japan has already been touched up on. In the gaming industry, it has been touched up on very nicely. So they're competing against, you know, uh, quite a few favorites, but one of them being Ghost of Tsushima. If you're competing against, like, Ghost of Tsushima in that similar time period, it's going to be quite interesting, the comparisons that are going to come from that, even though they're completely different series. Um, Just touching up on historical Japan, though... There's a lot. There's a lot to grasp there. And personally, I'm really excited for that. I think it'd be neat. So I hope that they go in the right direction with it. Um, Personally, I couldn't say what exactly that would need to be. Um, But I think there's a fine line in this case in touching up on that, which could be a reason why they've put it off as long as they have is because they're just, there wasn't a lot out there to be able to follow off of as what a fan base would require. Maybe Ghost of Tsushima is kind of the push to lead them into that direction of like, here's what could be done right if you're touching up on Japan and like historical Japan, um, I have no idea. Yeah. I I I'm I'm hoping for the best with that. Yeah. It's it's a great announcement, other than the mobile. <laughs> and yeah, so what? Because Jade Jade code name Jade is the mobile, yeah. right? And um, that one seems to be it's in Imperial China. Okay, yeah, so we are getting um, some more, like, Oriental-based Assassin's Creed stuff, which is, like, everybody, everybody's been asking this yeah. for, for this since the beginning, like you said. Um, and I'm always down for some Shinobi shit, baby. Like, ah, oh, I love that junk, especially Japan, man. Mm-hmm. I, I love Japan culture just so much, especially, like, the yeah, old-school yeah, stuff. Uh, <laughs> you, if you're out there in Japan in the cabin <laughs> playing, playing, and all you have is your phone, then you have codename Jade coming your way. Which, from what I understand, they codename them and then they release the actual name later. Right. Um, so, codename Red, I'm like super hyped for. 
like that one. I I can't wait to see what they're showing with show going to show us because like if I get a cinematic that's the quality of the one that they gave us for Mirage um, for that, I can only imagine that I'm gonna be just like wholly into it. So a question. Um, I guess obviously with the Middle Eastern one, they still gave them English as their language, or at least that's what it was introduced in. How would you feel if Codename Red also was in English instead of Japanese? Personally, I would want it to be in Japanese. I don't care. Um, if they give us good uh, voice actors, because like the whole yes. the whole thing from the beginning was that you're in the Animus or whatever, right? And, like, through the Animus, it translates all the language for you. So it's probably going to be in English. Um, and they have great English uh, voice, English Japanese voice actors that they've employed on, like, a lot of games that just sound so great speaking English in their Japanese accents. And also going off that, I'm fairly certain, granted I've never used it, um, I'm fairly certain there's language options. I'm, I'm sure you could just put it on, I imagine. But like with, with Ghost, for instance, like I played it through in English the first time because it was made in English and then they dubbed it in Japanese second. So it's it's an English game. So it's like there's a lot of people out there that have a problem with English voice actors and I don't know what your problem is, but they do a great job. So I can only imagine that in that game, they're going to do a great job again, voice acting. <clears throat> but um, English voice actors, I appreciate you. Um, they, uh, especially Steve Bloom. We love you. We love you, Steve. And Henry Cavill. And Henry Cavill. <laughs> and Pedro Pascal. And then with um, Code Hexe, I believe it was. Um, there's a lot to take in. I was thinking along the same lines as you. Whenever you see like those like talismans like hanging up in the woods, like made of sticks and stuff like that, like in in so many media's before this, like uh, what was it that um, Roanoke, um, American Horror Stories, uh, was like present day or like you know more recent but linked to colonial times and stuff like that, just like um. I don't know what Blair Witch ended up being. <laughs> that shit was weird. Uh, but, that was a modern movie. Yeah. But I think it originated from, like, later they go into it and it originated from, like, times like then and stuff. So whenever I see, like. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine it's going to be, like, American based, um, you know, probably around settlers, um, you know, westward expansion and stuff like that. Um, so something like that would be really cool. Cause I know we did get something similar, like y'all said, like in the, uh, the American revolution, right? Mm -hmm. That's three. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So in three, um, but, uh, to, if, if they did it again and even shift the time period just a little bit more in the future or something like that, like I can, I can only imagine it's going to be pretty awesome. I figured that's how they do it, but you also get really witchy vibes from it. Like you were saying, like. It, it does seem very like horror based if I mean, so with them doing the same thing for so long, um, you know, if they did throw a little bit of magic in there or something like that, I mean, I don't, I don't know, like it seemed kind of because 
witchcraft is the immediate vibe that I get from it. Yeah. Granted, it can go so many different ways. But if, um, you know, if they were to throw like a little bit of mysticism into this, I wouldn't be upset. Like, and then because they pump out so much material that like, if there's one that doesn't work for you, you could pretty much skip over it and go to the next one anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that's what a lot of people do with this franchise anyway. Yeah. So I completely agree. Um, I'll be curious to see what they do with it. I do kind of, I want a mix of what you said and what she said, where obviously if you have some witch stuff, there should be like some, a magic element, but I, like, because, I mean, Wiccan's a real thing. Yeah. That you should definitely, I think there should be a grounded approach to the magic if there is any. Um, and I think they could re- really do something interesting with that. But with that being said, I think that about wraps us, wraps us up on our Ubisoft conversation. Overall, I think I thought it was a pretty good showcase compared to D23. Um, <laughs> but some stuff to actually look forward to. Some stuff actually looked pretty cool. But yeah. And with that, we'll be taking a break and then going over some news updates on the other side. All right, and we are back going over some gaming news from the last week. Um, first up, I have here, the, the there's going to be a new Battlefield. Everyone in the room is getting really excited right now. I need y'all to sit back down. Um, it is going to be it's supposedly going to be a story-focused single-player game, and it's going to be under one of the newer studios in under EA, which is called uh, Ridgeline Games. Not much else is known about it other than the fact that the last Battlefield game that came out was Hot, hot Mess. Um, I don't imagine anybody here is going to play it, regardless of what they show. There's only so many shooters you can be invested in. Um, and I don't think Battlefield's had a good rep for quite a while. But, Ernest, what do you think? So, first off, I'm just so distracted because we've had somebody join us and he's just so magnetic. (laughs) Say hi, Justin. Hello. (laughs) I know you're all waiting for it. Um, So, with Battlefield, uh, I did have one really good experience with them. Now, it might go to show how much of a great experience it is because I can't remember which Battlefield it was. But there was one that I played like a lot. And I remember Call of, like, of course, came out alongside Call of Duty. I played both of them and I preferred Battlefield like so much to it because of like the collapsing environments and all this type of stuff. Like how just the scale of it was like really awesome. And I was really hoping for that with this this last one that came out um, because I had stepped away from Battlefield for a while after I had that great time with it. And then um, and then that shit just bombed, dude. Um, just awful launch. Um, even after the updates and stuff like that, I, I see that there's still a lot of complaints. Every once in a while, I see a clip of just some like badass shit going down. But then, uh, but then you just look online and it's like, no, no, it's still bad. Yeah. So, um, but I think them changing game developers might, uh, it at least gives it some hope if anything, um, that you can put out, you know, something fresh, something new. And like you said, it's going to be like story based and stuff this time. Um, which the the majority of it before I mean from what I I was just on multiplayer dude I don't give a fuck if there was a story I didn't care about it I was just on that multiplayer so um yeah hopefully they do well with it I, I hope that they do good things because like I said 
I do have that one nostalgic, vague nostalgic feeling <laughs> of, of enjoying that one game. So seeing them bounce back wouldn't be a bad thing. Hello, uh, Battlefield. What a bag of worms to open up. Uh, uh, they don't even deserve a can. They, yeah, no, just a, a raw Ziploc bag. Not the one with, not the one with the slide closer, but that you have to pinch across. Uh, it's. Yeah, um, there's a lot there. So first and foremost, when you told me the, the new Battlefield game be not being produced by DICE, I was like, oh, that's weird, but thank God it's not DICE. And then you mentioned at the start of this that it's actually only single-player focus, and that makes it make a lot of sense that it's just a spinoff. It's not going to be a it's not gonna be a main Battlefield game, which is why DICE wouldn't be doing it. Um, so eh, take that with what you will. Um, I'll profess this with I don't care about Battlefield at all. Uh, my only experience with Battlefield have been the free betas and two kind of the same experience of Ernest. I've only had one memorable moment mm-hmm. where I was running across a desert, serpentining, dodging a sniper, <laughs> and 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 just screaming, it's working, it's working, until it didn't. And then, it, <laughs> boom. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a fun time. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm glad that they're exploring new developers for the IP in general because DICE is just terrible. I know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I tried, but this, I, well, I know there's a lot of people out there who love DICE and they love the DICE gameplay, um, but the issue with DICE and their whole mentality of being able to release something broken, have people pay for it, and then just fix it later is something that's very toxic for the gaming industry. So I personally have a lot against DICE. Um, and that, that is what their studio is known for. That's their bread and butter is releasing trash and fixing it as time goes on. But that's not enough. Um, overall, I don't care. I tried to get into, the, to get into playing Battlefield. I tried. I jumped into it really late on just before they had released a new game and was way out of my element even for liking to play shooters. Like, I just couldn't. I couldn't get into it. Personally, it wasn't for me. But to kind of lead into, like, having a new studio take over, um, new perspective on it just being a spinoff, that makes a lot of sense. Um, But I think anybody that's looked into EA knows that EA is a horrible company to actually work under with yeah <laughs> oh with with like the time constraints that they put them under the budget restraints that they put them under and there's a lot of good development companies that released shitty games because of the expectations that EA put under them um and the way that EA just covers it up is just by getting rid of that team of people and not taking any sort of credibility to the reason why it flopped as much as it had um i hope that that's not the case for this especially if they are trying to kind of recreate what battlefield is in a way um i hope that they give them the time that they need and not kind of put any sort of pressure on the team to release any sort of product instead of a good quality product because that tends to be the ea way so aside from ea yeah so aside from dice you know having the what is it the the it, the release of crappy games to then being good games like i wonder how much ea takes part in that kind of pressure of releasing those games as well it's a good it's a good it's a good marriage between those two not for us but for them sure moving on to another online shooter that this one i think we've all touched a little bit so overwatch 2 is coming out 
Um, we got some more information on this one. So the way you're going to unlock heroes is through like battle pass progression. To be more specific, it's on the free side of things. You don't have to actually pay for like any premium or whatever to unlock your heroes, um, which I think is good. Uh, obviously, if it was locked behind a paywall, that might we'd all still play it, of course. But I think there'd be more room to give them crap for it. Um, and along with that, we got a leak of correct me if I'm saying it wrong, Kiriko, Kiriko, um, the new healer for Overwatch Two. Uh, she's a little cutie, little fox girl. Um, no, no gameplay was released or anything, right? We just again, it was a it was a leak, technically not even a release. Um, but yeah, it comes out literally in a few weeks. I know we're all going to be on it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited. Um, I want. I would like to. With it being only a few weeks out, I would really like them to just like show us what the battle pass is going to look like, like before the game comes out. I'm. Ge- I mean, it's free to play. We're going to play it. We're going to try it out. Um, I would just like to see what that's going to look like before we get our hands off. So I'm already married to this fucking game. Um, I, I've I've been looking. As soon as they announced it, I've been down. Um, Overwatch, as you may have heard me say before, if this isn't your first time tuning in, that's my shit, baby. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and to get this, like, I, I mean, the complaint amongst the community for a long time has been, like, the lack of content, right? They're just, like releasing skins and re-releasing skins with like different colors and stuff like that and like that's the most that we've gotten like a long time um so but it's all to lead up to overwatch 2 which is just going to be this influx it uses the same engine but it's going to be uh just all this new stuff coming with it so everything that everybody has been wanting will be here although some of it given to us a, a little bit differently right like we uh some of us got to be on the beta i'm so sorry ashley she was in her cabin y'all and <laughs> during the during the time that the beta was out so uh, on that cabin wi-fi dude so <laughs> so um but i had such a great time with it um i see some of the concerns with the battle pass uh, online the discussions yeah. happening um with them putting the characters in the battle pass is that going to hinder um competitive gameplay like man if i would have had junker queen unlocked to counter this one character then we would have won but i still have to grind out this battle pass so maybe that's a bad thing and Justin, you can answer this if you want i don't know who's going to get it next but um have they announced that we're getting competitive day one um so i not that i've seen um the way that it went with uh, Overwatch One when it came out, it was it did take it was a, a two months or so. Yeah, two months feels right. Um, and and then you were able to play. And even with uh, base Overwatch One, um, even if you get it today, like which that's a weird time to invest in it. But if you were to get it today, you would ha- you would have to grind to level twenty five before you can play comp anyway. So. Um, I imagine that these characters are going to be unlocked within those first 25 levels if they're keeping to that same um, to that same standard. Um, if not, then I think that there's games out there that do have competitive play that have worked in the past. Like uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Rainbow Six Siege, right? You don't have to have every operator available in order to win a game. Um, and with the way that Overwatch works... 
it's not just one character that counters this other character. There's so many ways to go about it. Um, so if you're just depending on one character and you're a one trick, fucking get good. To kind of follow with that though, I I disagree with locking characters behind any sort of progression. Um, Rainbow Six Siege being a really big example. Yes, you can play the game with the starting ops without having any of the other ones, but you're at a great disadvantage because of it. Because there's so much variety that goes into being able to have those different kinds of characters. Like in Overwatch 1, when we've played, there's characters that we would love to stick with, but there's situations where we end up in where we need to swap to someone else to better counter. So having characters that are locked, personally, I'm not a fan of hearing that because... I don't want to have to unlock them to be able to have a, say, better play style or a better, a better counter in a situation. And it, it might be quick. If it's quick, that's fine. But I think if it becomes a consistent thing of like, oh, you have to reach level, the final level of this battle pass in order to unlock this character, like, that's going to exhaust a lot of people because I think it takes away from, at least for me, what Overwatch 1 has felt like. Hot take here. I think it's great for the game to lock them. Uh, behind the battle pass and to lock them behind progression uh, and i'll get a little bit more into that why but first i want to talk about uh my kind of argument to what i think the battle pass is going to look like compared to what Ernest did where i don't think that they're going to be unlocked early on i think that with i what my prediction or my vision for what would be the best outcome for the game is every battle pass season we get three new heroes new tank new dps new healer kind of how they're starting us out now and with the highest tiered the highest tier of those three being unlocked in the last 30 levels, one in the middle and one in the first. And that's what I imagine they're going to end up doing um, with probably with Sojourn first, Junker Queen in the middle, and Kiriko last. And she's from the description of her abilities is probably the most difficult one to play. Um, she's very ta- she's very technical. And being the last one announced as well. Right? And being the last one announced as well. Um, now, as to why I think that's good for the game. Uh, one of the bigger issues as chris mentioned earlier there's like or Ernest mentioned earlier is that people have uh is with content droughts or uh chris mentioned lack of support in the form of like uh fixing or making changes to characters that will have an overall impact to the meta and i think locking characters behind a progression system actually puts in place a progressing meta without them having to implement any changes to any heroes so like the first month of Overwatch, the meta is probably going to be very different from the third month of Overwatch because no one's going to have Kitiko in the beginning. But as people start to unlock Junker Queen and Kitiko, the meta is going to develop behind them and teams are going to change. Um, in the past, when we get metas, they usually stick around for months until Blizzard does a patch and they rework heroes. They fix this, they fix that. Um, we had Beyblade, we had Coin Flip, we had Goats, we had Dive. Um, but now the game can authentically develop its own meta as people gain more access to these other heroes. So it's going to be a bit more, uh, a bit more developing without having to be as, as hands-on by Blizzard. To kind of counter that, cause that's a great point. Um, in the case of Rainbow Six Siege being an example of characters being unlocked and then through progression unlocking them, um, we end up in the situation where people hard lock those characters and there's no changing them. There's no getting people to change out of them, even though, say, as an example, they're being countered. People will be like, I've unlocked this character. I'm going to play this character. That's all I'm going to do. And you'll end up in the situation that instead of finding metas, maybe in the competitive scene, you will be finding those metas gradually. Um, 
at least in the case of how it's worked out for Six Siege, you just get hard-locked with these specific characters. And that's all you know that you're going to be dealing with. And yes, you can counter those and react in that way, but it also might not work the way that you're saying it will. Because at least in other scenarios where that's been the case, it has not worked that way. <laughs> so two counter-arguments to that. Um, <laughs> counter-argument counter, counter, counter one... Uh, that's only going to be a problem when you're playing with randoms. And at this point, our group is large enough that that won't always happen. We'll have one random if that. And if we're, we four aren't adaptable enough to be able to make changes out around this one random, then that speaks more to us than them being terrible at their you know one-trick hero. Uh, my second counter-argument, Apex. Apex locks all of its new characters behind a wall. I haven't been able to get the last three, and yet you can still jump in and be viable with anybody. Uh, it's a matter of your ability, your gameplay, and your teamwork with the people you're actually playing with. Apex is a great example, except for if you actually look into the gameplay of Apex, it's not dependent upon entirely of the character's abilities. It's not, it's not as tactical in that sense. But I think Overwatch is a great example in that it focuses heavily on the character's abilities um, and what it benefits. Like, if you're going against a classic Bastion main, right, you're going to have to swap characters in order to counter it. Um, and I agree that from our personal experience, we really aren't going to be as impacted by it. Um, but I can definitely say that for other people, with this being the case, they will be. If they're solo queuing, and say say they really do like Sojourn, and they're good at Sojourn, but because all these other people at the same time are unlocking Sojourn, it's hard locking that character. And that could be with less experienced people, with worse experienced people. Like Definitely from our perspective, we can, we can talk through what we're going to be doing, but that's not always going to be the case for other people, which is still why I disagree with it. That... That's going to happen regardless. Anytime, and you experience it with every other game, and I understand like in, in competitive settings and stuff, it, it might be a little bit different. Uh, but if a new character comes out, there's going to be that character like auto-picked like it, like for the first, at least the first week, if not longer, if they're really good. But anytime that Overwatch has released a new character, that character is going to be auto locked like it, you're gonna be you're gonna be lucky if you get to play them in the first couple of days because uh there, there's gonna be randos in there and everybody's just trying to like highlight that character and choose them as soon as they get in there so it's something that we're that we will deal with like i it's not even a question if 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 it will or will not happen like um as soon as somebody unlocks you know kiriko or something like the, their first thing that they're gonna do is like i'm gonna go play with her now <laughs> yeah for sure so it, it's going to happen and um i mean it's gonna be it quite the sight it, to see how this like unravels you know and how different it will be um you know we still don't know how the battle pass is going to work maybe it's like the first three levels it, for all we fucking know um it might be like justin said it might be um spread out and stuff like that but blizzard for the most part as weird as it is to say they <laughs> because of their behind the scenes things but like with the way that they've put out stuff in the past and what i've experienced i can only imagine that they're going to do a good job with this and i'm going to enjoy their product so i, I definitely see both sides um but at the same time changes are coming and we're we don't know what we're going to get i do think they really need to have like a presentation or something 
other than letting us look at it just day one when the game launches. Um, one thing Blizzard really needs to do is be transparent about what they're putting out at this point in time. So please <laughs> just show us, man. You've already made it free to play. It's not going to make a huge difference. Um, that's going to make a huge difference about who we're playing against. We're going to be playing against people probably that have never touched it. We're going to wreck you. Anyway, um, <laughs> but moving on, obviously we're all very excited for Overwatch 2. Can't wait to see what that looks like. Um, <laughs> You're not. I get excited. I know, dude. No, absolutely. 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 And it's literally just a few weeks away. Uh, October 4th. Comes out October 4th. Um, next up I have here a game coming out on October 21st. It is Gotham Knights. Something all four of you, all three of you have pl- promised to play with me. I'm just kidding. It's, <laughs> it's sadly a two-player game with four playable characters. That is a hell of a choice. Um... But they announced this week uh, some story elements to it that the Bat family's shared trauma will be at the center of Gotham Knights, and it's going to be something they kind of kind of bond over, kind of work together with, and just use to build the story. Because obviously, spoiler alert, if you have not finished Arkham Knight, it's been a long time, uh, Batman died. <laughs> so Batman's dead. We have the Bat kids taking over Gotham, trying to fill in that gap that he's left behind, and... Yeah, that's a pr- that's pretty much it. And then we're going to see each of their individual struggles as you play as um, Jason Todd, who will be the Red Hood, um, Barbara Gordon, who's uh, Batgirl, Tim Drake as Robin, and then um, Dick Grayson as, as uh, Nightwing. But um, they've shown a lot of gameplay for all four. The weirdest one for me is Red Hood because he has like magical abilities now. And it's supposed to be based off the fact that he came back from the dead. He didn't have them before. <laughs> it's It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yes, he's he's he did. No, he absolutely, he absolutely did. Yeah. He is he is the death in the family. Um, I'm still looking forward to it. I need to see more. I don't know if it's going to be a day one purchase for me because another thing about that is who's going to be my number two. I've actually only asked Justin. He gets uh, first. Um, <laughs> but regardless. Um, do any of y'all plan on playing? Have y'all cared about the updates? What are your thoughts on it? If I were to get into it, I would want it to be with a friend. Because, um, I mean, there's a single-player experience as yeah. well, right? But I I feel like that game, it, it's a t- I thought it was going to be four fucking players. I think it, it, it could, it could only make... Yeah, I'm looking more forward to Suicide Squad, yeah. honestly. It looks, like a, it looks like a more fun game, and I've always... Um, in, enjoyed their even with the bad movie um i've enjoyed their uh like their sense of humor you know their brand of humor i should say yeah yeah um with uh i I think this game is gonna be like more serious like how batman usually is and um i mean they have their little quirks and stuff like that but you know yeah so i am i am looking a little bit more forward to the suicide squad one whenever we get that next year year. thank you thank you i mean and you know what again not a terrible thing when things are delayed nowadays. It's kind of the norm, and uh, but like uh, as far as like what DC's putting out, like uh, I'm leaning more towards that. Um, but uh, with this game, if I get somebody to play it with me, then then I'm down. Um, if not, then I probably won't even mess with it. Real quick before you pass it, of the four characters, who would you want to main? Just going off of what you know of them already, probably. Fuck, dude. 
Batgirl. Okay. Fair yeah. Okay. I think so. Who would your main be, Justin? Well, he's going to answer that after he talks. Tell me about your main, Justin. <laughs> Hello. Uh, so this is definitely a sell game for me. I don't ever intend to buy this game for full retail price. Um, having said that, if that means that you play with somebody else before you play with me, that's fine. So be it. Uh, no, no, it's just, it's not with, cause it, I might be wrong, but it was originally advertised as a four player cooperative experience. Um, I don't think it was just an assumption. I, I'm pretty positive it was advertised and them taking a step back and like, we couldn't do it. Uh, two players. Um, I, there's like, it honestly killed a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, any hype I had for it at that point. Um, because I already wasn't super interested enough in it to begin with because it's just the Bat family. I want Batman. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And so I already wasn't super interested in it, but then they did that and it killed. The one, the one thing that they've announced about it or they've shown and that I think is really cool and probably like the only thing I, I'd pinpoint as like something they're doing well is the story progression for the co-player the co-op player experience um where if you do something in your friend's world when you get back to your world it's already done um and if it's something that like they don't have a workaround for it and you get there the game will ask you you've already done this do you want to skip it or uh redo it on your own and i think that's really cool one of the struggles with uh playing cooperative games like that is always like who's going to be the host and who's going to take the gamble of getting credit for it or having to redo it in their own world so i think that that sword progression is honestly a big big check in their little book of not many checks uh but yeah i'm not gonna pay full retail for it i'll wait for it to go on sale uh not only will i not pay full retail for it i won't play it in a in a month where we have so many other releases that i'm already genuinely sold on how did you go harder on that than battlefield <laughs> i don't know not just buying it on sale. <laughs> I'm not, not even only. buying it. <laughs> like, I'm busy. Like, you held back on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Their cats did. They can't stop me. <laughs> so, to kind of add to Justin's roast, I'm not going to buy it. I didn't think you were. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. You're more of just a regular Disney fan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Because um, there are a lot of October releases and then not only that, we have a pretty big game coming like the first week of November. Yeah. We will we'll see how all that goes. And you know, I'm talking about Skull and Bones. Um, <laughs> but it's got a war, yeah. November 8th. But I did just want to briefly, if y'all have any thoughts on it, that's fine. I doubt it because uh, this is an Xbox related announcement. Uh, just some cu- a couple of games coming to Game Pass this week. Um, some are already on there. One is Dreamlight Valley. It's a, dream- it's a Disney Animal Crossing like game. Looks pretty good. Looks pretty enjoyable. If it wasn't on Game Pass, I probably wouldn't try it. But it's I've heard good things, and I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to look at it. Um, another one coming to Game Pass is Metal Hellsinger. I know I've shown you two. Um, it's very much like a like a Doom-like um, but rhythm-based game where you're fighting demons to like the sound of like heavy metal and stuff like that. It's awesome. So moving on, um, 
there was DLC announced for Cyberpunk this last week. Phantom Liberty, uh, the expansion. It is going to be exclusive to new gen consoles and PC. It will not be coming to previous uh, older gen consoles, unfortunately. Um, they just couldn't make it work. Obviously, they just recently got the actual game working on those consoles. So that's not too surprising, though I, I have a PS5, unfortunate. i got to imagine it kind of stinks to have gone through all that and then to finally get the first update. And then it's like, well, it's not. I'm not going to be able to play it. <laughs> um but I, th- I thought it looked pretty cool. Did, did you watch the trailer, right, Ernest? You did, yeah. Um, and then that trailer came with, like, other trailers. All, all of their trailers are done so fucking well. Yeah, their, their advertising team is just, like, I, I love them. Um, but it, it looks really cool. I, I want to, like, like I've said before, I've been rooting for fucking Cyberpunk for so long now. Um, I've, I've always wanted it to be a good game. And, um, and now that, you know, they've apparently fixed it and that they're coming out with DLC on top of that and stuff, I think that now would be a good time to get into it. Um, super grateful that I have the opportunity to even play that stuff. So if you do have like the system capabilities to get that free one, then I'd say hop on it and what better time than now to, you know, give it, uh, another try if you plan to, like I did. Um, so moving on, Silent Hill 2 Remake has potentially leaked. I So recently, Konami did announce that there is, and they're trying to be secretive about it for a big announcement, that a l- long-beloved series is making a return. Um, they didn't give any others um, specifics on that or anything like that, but obviously, me being who I am, I was really, I'm really hoping for, for like Metal Gear Solid collection. But there have been multiple leaks suggesting it's Silent Hill 2, which is still really cool. It's a horror franchise I never got into. I did get to play one of them when I was a child, and it was too scary for me. My mother rented it, and I had to return that the next day. Um, and, of course, if it ends up being a thing, I definitely want to play it because Silent, Silent Hill is like one of the best things out there. And P.T., rest in peace, um, was going to be my first Silent Hills game. But we'll see where we go from there. I'm interested. It's, it's been a while. I mean... Yeah, I played two back in the day. I, I might have, I might have like, tu- I might have touched one. Yeah, I played, I played Silent Hill two back in the day. Um, I might have watched somebody play one or like touched one. It's a vague memory, but I, I remember playing two and uh, being scared as shit, son. Fucking that shit yeah. is so fucking creepy. I still like, you see fog and you think Silent Hill. I like at least that's what registers in my mind. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And Pyramid Head is just, like, super iconic and stuff. To see that with, like, updated graphics and stuff would be uh, it would be fantastic, yeah. And um, I also remember, like, being frustrated with some of the gameplay if they... Uh, yeah, a little clunky. I mean, and it's an older game, understandable, you know? But if they remaster it, I would love to see what they do with that gameplay to make it a little bit more of a smooth experience. Um, so, yeah, if that if that's what comes... Then I'm super happy for it. If it does end up being a Metal Gear Solid collection, then I will be very happy. Um, but even if it's not, I might go back and play all those games anyway. When I, as soon as I get the chance. Hello, I had an epiphany for someone uh, such as myself who plays a lot of video games and loves video games in the industry a lot. I have a lot of negative, strong negative feelings for a lot of game companies. Konami being. <laughs> of them i well if, yeah but i realized and like 
in the multiple episodes of this podcast, it's come to me as like, I don't care. I don't care about any of this. None of it's relevant. And that's how I feel about Konami in this. Um, I don't have any interest, nor have I ever in any of the Metal Gear games. So while I realize like a lot of people want a Metal Gear Solid collection in, in a modern medium, uh, that's cool, irrelevant to me. I don't care. Uh, the Silent Hill remake potential, neat. I'll play it. Uh, it's it, it like you it's one of the ones that like i never got into as a kid not i don't think i ever had an interest but now that i'm an adult and I, I am interested now and i would play it but i'm not like frothing at the mouth like i can wait I, i'm fine uh yeah as far as like, if it is a silent hill remake as long as it's done up to par of what they've done with the resident evil remakes then i'll be happy with it regardless if it's a bad game or not because the Resident Evil 2 remake is probably one of the best remakes I've ever played in my life. Um, it is it, it is almost completely another game entirely, uh, and it's very well done. I think, as far as remakes go, uh, Last of Us, uh, that you should really, you know, try to uh, invigorate what the game has instead of just you know taking a quick cash grab at something that already exists on a modern console so aside from that jab um i think if it's anything like pt if it is silent hill if it holds up even in that quality and then with the technology that there is out today it can be even better i'd play it i haven't played any of the prior series but i definitely would be interested just to play another horror game even that is in that perspective so I'm definitely interested. Yeah, I think not to say that there isn't a ton of horror games to go into, but I think newer horror games we're lacking a little bit. Um, I mean, we're getting Callisto Protocol in December, but I would love, I would love Silent Hill to be a thing because it's one I really want to dive into. It's like one of those most, like the most iconic game horror franchises, and the movie's okay. <laughs> the movie's okay i never saw the sequel did not hear great things about that but whatever um moving on to my next update here we have bit, we have confirmation from cd project red that the next witcher game um not fully titled yet we're all calling it witcher 4 they have got all they've done on that is comment that it's not for sure witcher 4 we don't know what that means um but it will be the start of a new saga of games I so I mean I there's a chance we could not be Geralt, right? I don't know. Obviously, there's a lot we don't know. Um, and again, you could still do a lot of plenty of new stuff with Geralt, just a new area, new school stuff, whatnot. Because um, I remember when they sh- shared the first image of the new Witcher announcement, it's a different because he has the wolf thing because he went to he did the Witcher school of the wolf. Um, I think it's, I think it's a lynx. It's some type of cat. And I don't know Witcher lore. I watched the show. It's very good. Again, shout out to Henry Cavill. <laughs> Bringing it back. Uh, he'll listen eventually, man. And when that happens, it's going to be a high. <laughs> um, but I'll be curious. Uh, they also did announce that they that the PS5 upgrade for Witcher is still still set to come out later this year. Um, which honestly, I'm looking forward to. I do want to play that. I have not played through The Witcher. I do have both DLCs because um, all of it just keeps going on sale. <laughs> but um, at this point, I'm just waiting for the PS5 update just to just dive into it that way. Um, wait, so quick question. Is it going to actually be a new story then is what their yes. statement is going to be? So then following off of that, I'm actually curious to see what kind of um, new like followers they're going to get with this game series mm-hmm. because of the TV show mm-hmm. that 
not only have they already like obviously the witcher tv show was very successful and still is very successful for a lot of reasons um a lot of clear reasons um so i wonder with like that following um and stating that it's going to be a new story to follow how many more people they're actually going to be able to get into the witcher series Mm -hmm. i definitely know that i would be interested in it i couldn't personally follow the video game series just because i couldn't get into the gameplay of it um yeah so if they're gonna be starting it off with something new i might even be interested in it again so thanks to the tv show hello um i don't have much of an interest in the witcher uh with the biggest key reason for that being its gameplay uh i've seen a few of my friends who have also highly recommended it to me play it and it just seems like an overwhelming amount to try to keep track of to be able to play efficiently and what i mean by that is like when you're playing a game to be able to make use of every ability that you have in your arsenal while still being fluid in your combat and movement. And and what I've seen for The Witcher, what I've seen for The Witcher, there's a lot. Like you can change like magic type on the fly and change attack and change weapon and all. And it's it's a lot. And honestly, if you get it, it's fun. But for them to be in the third installment of the current story, I'm not going to jump in and learn all this. Not for right i said well i said current series third installment of the current series yes yes but for them to be there i'm not going to jump in and learn that even with the ps5 update which i've thought about which i thought about for for cyberpunk as well um i'm not i'm not gonna jump in and commit to learning all that and not to mention another big thing that kind of deters me from games nowadays no 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 (laughs) is the time sink and people like me who people like me who like fill an overwhelming uh an overwhelming need to see and experience everything the game has to offer has to be really careful with games like these because there's a lot to do there's so many side quests so much so many hidden parts of the world to get lost in and explore and it it that almost is a detriment to people like me specifically not it's great for the fans great people who love it for people who me who will feel the need to dig into each and every nook and cranny um it honestly pushes me away from it because i need to be able to go and play other things when they come out and 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 live life and the witcher i feel like is definitely one of those games where if you put it down for a little bit you're not gonna jump back in and if you do you're gonna start over from the beginning um so it's a bit of a rough rough bag for me I definitely get that. Speaking to like the gameplay and stuff, I this is the only game I've ever done this for. I had to reformat my controls. I had to pretty much copy my Dark Souls controls with the gameplay. It is a lot, and I did have to. This is the only game I've ever had to format my controls for it, and it's still a lot. <laughs> um, but I definitely get that, and it is a huge time sink. I'm willing to try. So my goal is to just try to get through the main game. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So I'm definitely guilty of what Justin was talking about, of putting it down and and then picking it back up. And I've played through the same part of that game like so many times now. Um, And it's because of the expansiveness of it. Like there's, like you said, there's so much to do. And the fucked up thing is like, I want to do them because like it's, it's not, it's so much to do. And, but 
nothing that you do in that game feels hollow to me. Like every little side quest comes with like a like a story that you're invested in, which is what allowed for what what I feel the the show like bases stuff off of. Um, I know people have said like Henry Cavill's on set saying like, hey, like in the books, it went down like this. So we should do it this way and stuff like that are in the games like this happened. We should do it like this. And um, and I think that like the detail um, that they attended to like throughout this game, because I've only played three um, really like the depth of it. It is quite deep in the detail that they give you. So like if you are ready to go on that journey, it's such it. it feels like magnificent like little journey that you go on i mean huge journey that you go on through this game um but like so many characters to interact with and stuff like that i feel like the ps5 upgrade should take away some of the clunkiness because i didn't mind the combat like all that much you only have like it's like what three a couple different different magics that you could switch around and stuff like that and from what i remember um it wasn't too hard like you pick your like main ones to go with it's kind of like a loadout so not saying that it wasn't clunky but like the combat like i i I liked it because i found like the i guess the way it was intended is like you find the things that work for you and then you stick with that and then like if you're going to fight a uh, specific creature then there's a certain way to approach that creature and it has weaknesses and stuff like that and like the same details that they go into in the show um like the creature lore or like is uh, yeah the the way that they present creatures in this game um and say like they'll be weak to this to that this is the strat to go into it because the whole point of like being a witcher is being like knowledgeable about these creatures and stuff so like i i just appreciate the depth of it um i feel like with the new series that's coming out um there was parts of the witcher three where you get to play as siri and like little flashbacks yep. and i actually found her combat like way more enjoyable oh, yeah. um it was like more like fast paced and yeah, shit like so if it's if it's based on her which i imagine if you're going to pass it to somebody it would be her right but i feel like a a siri you know game series would be fantastic you know um not saying that we wouldn't appreciate more Geralt um he's he's always great he's a great character just period and and we love him but um a a siri game series that's fun to say um would be a good time and i think a little bit more fast-paced probably with some of the uh same charms that the original game has and yeah moving on um so two other games i guess it's going to be released as a collection was announced as a remaster set which is the Sam and Max Save the World remasters. I had heard about these games before. Um I've always been curious. I like a good detective story and this looks like a really fun version of that. Um still not really clear on what I'm sure you could look up gameplay they're old as hell games, but I don't really know what you do in the games. But it looks fine and I will actually be pretty curious and I might actually pick this up when it comes out. So I don't have a whole lot to say on Simon Max. It was a thing whenever I was a kid, and I don't know if it was a matter of just not being interested on a base level or if I was uh, kind of gatekeeped from it due to an age limitation. Uh, but I do remember it. I don't know what it's about. I think it looks fun, and to what I to what I vaguely remember, 
it should be a point and click of like collecting items to solve puzzles in certain scenarios. Like you saw in the trailer, they opened up their inventory. They had a bowling ball, a book, and some cereal, and they then they used the bowling ball to drop on some dude's head. So that sounds right. So I'm gonna take this a different route okay. because Sam and Max reminded me of like my childhood games that had like a similar aspect to that, and that's from the um, Humongous Entertainment. They came out with like Pajama Sam, Freddy Fish, Putt Putt, Spy Fox, like a lot of them definitely more for children. I don't, I didn't get the impression that Sam and Max was kind of more for children because they dropped a bowling ball on someone's head. So it's kind of like the adult version of what like, yeah, it has a gun of what like Freddy Fish or Pajama Sam or like Spy Fox was that like, I'm actually interested in playing this. Yeah, they sound like they can be, yeah. They're, I mean, honestly, if you're curious, I recommend playing them because they actually just added them to Switch, which was interesting. They just added like a whole bundle. Um, <laughs> they're def they're they're definitely more for kids, but I'm I just from having played those, I feel like playing Sam and Max and giving it a try will give me that same nostalgia. So the last news update I have, which I think is pretty big. Um, obviously anything Pokemon related is pretty big these days. Um, they released a new trailer showing off a more of the story. What? Since the nineties. Since the 90s. Yeah, I mean it's a huge franchise. It's a huge franchise. Um, but they showed a trailer showcasing some of the new Pokemon, or some more, some more new Pokemon, I should say, as well as like the story elements and some more characters, specifically like the the leader of the team, like the this game's version of Team Rocket, which is I believe Team Star. Um, and then was it gym leaders? Were any of those gym leaders? Yeah, we saw some gym leaders. Uh, we saw a few characters. Um, overall, I I would say this is probably my favorite trailer we've gotten. I didn't really highlight too much new. Like, uh, how do I put it? I, it just really showed the story. Uh, like, stuff you can do outside of just battling, which, honestly, I'm all here for. I've, I've ranted about Pokemon Legends Arceus on this podcast a few times. There is no gym battles in that game. I don't need gym battles. I want to do other stuff. I'm still going to do the gym battles, of course. But I, I'm very stoked to just be wandering around this world, seeing what it has to offer, capturing the Pokemon, getting to know the Pokemon, and just, just experiencing it. So I kind of have a weird issue with the game and this has kind of come up more so as I've played the more recent Pokemon games mm -hmm. is you look at the the champions that you go up against and they're all really unique. They're all really cool. They've got one one in the most recent trailer has a car that actually has a Pokemon for an engine as Justin pointed out to us that my question has always been or has recently been actually um, if you're beating all of these people. And they got to that point and they're as customized as they are. How come we then can't be as customized as they are? <laughs> like they look so cool and yeah. we're beating them. We're doing better than they are. So then where's where's my really wacky boots, you know? How come I can't get that weird hairstyle that they've... You know, like I kind of... I feel like if they're going to the wild extreme of how they all look, mm -hmm. like how come we can't do the we same? Yeah, we all look, we're just a child that's wrecking these people that have like spent probably half of their career just figuring out their identity, you know, <laughs> where's, where's my identity? Yeah, this, yeah. Other than that, I've been seeing recently on Twitter, a lot of people are actually really excited about cloth, the, the cool little crab. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for that too. So I'm interested, but also I wish that there was a lot more customization in the end there. Hello, uh, a lot to go over here. Um, first off, 
uh, a correction for something you said, Chris. The person that we saw on the car for Team Star is an admin. Uh, they are not the leader of Team Star. We still don't know who that is. Um, second of all, as far as the fashion goes in this game, I, I hate it. I, I hate, I hate... I hate the fashion in this game, and I thought I really hated the fashion in Sword and Shield. I hate this so much more. Um, the big goofy boots, the Michael Jackson looking ass champion. I I hate it. And then just the the stupid school uniforms you're wearing, and it doesn't look like this one. You're going to be able to change your outfit like you have in the past Pokemon games, because uh, they haven't shown off any bit of that. And I think they even said that they're not doing it this time around as well. Yeah. Um, and so I don't, I don't know, man. Um, already not excited about the rideable legendaries. Uh, there's <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of rideable Pokemon that have been in the past that like they don't need to be the legendaries. Like why they could have been anything else. Uh, my boy Go Goat. All right, the OG. All right, he you rode that boy for miles, uh, and this is his first game back in Pokemon since X and Y. Uh, fun fact: until this game, Go Goat was the only Pokemon to not be in any game outside of its original one that it was introduced in, um, and this is this fixes that. But you can't ride the fucker; uh, you ride the stupid legendaries. Um, so I have a lot of issues with that. One thing I thought was really neat that I feel like was lost on a lot of people that they did with this trailer was how they tried to further explain to people who still may not understand how the like crystallization thing works oh, yeah. with the pseudo wudo and the gym battle. Um, and it's funny if you get it because it's a grass type gym leader mm-hmm. using pseudo wudo who looks like a tree, but is actually a rock type. Mm-hmm. And in the fight, he's specifically going up against a water-type Pokemon that would be super effective against that rock-type. But he crystallizes it into a grass-type to, in fact, flip the script and make it super effective against it. And it was just cute. It was like, if you notice it, it's like, oh, haha, look. Uh, but I, I feel like it's lost on a lot of people just being like, oh, look, this is suitable to turn. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I do like I've liked a lot of the recent Pokemon they've announced. Like I, yeah. I liked Grafaii, uh, I liked Cloth, I liked the Mega Man Pokemon. Um, it's neat. Yeah, I one thing I'm really wanting them to show that they haven't shown yet, which is something that's been in like all the leaks that have been coming out, is a new variant of Pokemon. Uh, I don't remember the exact. Name. It's like Paradoxical, um, but they're supposed to count as pseudo legendaries. And they're future or past versions of Pokemon that are completely different. So, spoiler alert. Can I spoil? Can I do spoilers? For what? For these unannounced potential leaked okay. Pokemon. Anyway, so like one of them. So like one of them is a water type Diglett. Um, and yeah, and another one's like a... Um, Oh man, there's so many cool ones. There's a there's a a tentacle that's a bug, uh, instead of a wa- yeah, and it's like they're just these weird versions that either come from the future in Violet or in the past in Scarlet, uh, and that's been more of the tie-in to the whole past and future theme. And apparently, they count as like pseudo legendaries, um, with the like the the top two for each like future one uh this supposed to be like a different version of suicune and a different version of salamance um and a different version of virizion and a different version of tyranitar 
so it's uh, that's what I'm most interested to see out of these games, uh, and I really want them to show more on that. I am excited for it. Um, the uh, this trailer did a really good job of showing us all the different things that's that are going to be available to us yeah. here. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be more, but like the main, like you said, the main story points and stuff like. And them just not focusing on one point of it and having all these other things that you can do. Um, because it seems like you could focus in on the Team Star stuff. And then if you want, you could go battle all the gyms and do the Pokemon League. I am going to get this game, like I said before, because y'all are getting it. And I need to be superior. I don't know if that's going to work out. Um, because, uh, like I said, like I've, I've dabbled in the Pokemon games here and there, like where I, where I could, um, yeah, I played shield. I didn't finish it. Um, I, I got like so far into it and then I just kind of got lost in it. But again, I was playing it by myself. Like when you have friends playing, playing through it with you and being able to like, you know, cause I, I want to battle you and stuff like that. Like it, it'll be cool, man. So um yeah playing through it with friends i think will be a way better time so we are going to take a quick break and then on the other side we're going to wrap it up with what we've been playing all right and we are back going to wrap things up with what we've been playing ashley what have you been playing splatoon 3 and it's been great so far it's nice to do the salmon runs without having to be concerned about not being able to do the salmon runs um this is kind of embarrassing, but it just clicked for me today. Grizz. And the fact that he's a grizzly bear that gets us to go and hunt salmon. Because, he, you know, I, all ever, all, I only ever saw him as like a little walkie-talkie, but I just pictured him being a big fish somewhere else, you know. But no. But it's it's been great. And the customization of it, and if you played Splatoon 2, a lot of that carries over to like benefit you. Mm. Like... um. Grizz being an example that he's like, oh, you're a returning employee. Well, welcome back, you know, and you get to skip the tutorial because because of it. Um, you get added weapons, more options for weapons from moving over to Splatoon 2. I mean, you don't get to access them yet just because you need to level up for that, yeah. but you do get that option. Yeah, so they give you more already, um, which is great. I'm glad that there was, like, some sort of recognition of, like, Oh, you did play Splatoon 2, so, like, some of this will carry over. Like, we understand. You played this, now you're moving on to 3. Like, thank you, you know. So it's been great. It's cute. It's great. Hello. Uh, I just finished playing Inscription, uh, and I emphasize finished playing Inscription because I just recently got the plat for it, which involves beating its uh, its optional mode, uh, Casey's mod, with every challenge enabled, which is a lot. Um, and it even goes as far as changing the final boss fight, um, which was a little daunting going in because I didn't do any runs just to see what the boss like was like. Uh, and so it was kind of like I made it this far, like, what if I, because I don't know what I'm doing if I lose it. Uh, and so it was a little daunting. Yeah, he has 80. It's, it's double the health of the regular. And I, I figured it all out on the fly. I was like, all right, we're in it. I figured if I can get that far, then my deck would probably be good enough to be able to adapt anyway. Um, and I ended up getting extremely lucky. Um, so, But I can talk more about that in a little bit. But anyway, a lot of challenges, a lot there. Um, the biggest of which is that it, it makes the final phase of the first three bosses leading up to the final boss be a wave of Grizzly Bear cards, which is one of the most powerful cards in the game itself um and it changes casey's mod entirely from being like just this extra fun mode with these additional challenges to 
being you having as short a time as possible to deal with these bears. The, you're not you're no longer worried about boss fights. You're worried about these bears. If you don't plan from the very beginning a strategy to work around these bears and then to do it every map after that, um, you're going to lose. And there's a lot of times where you'd start a run and just from the second point uh, you get to on the map, you know it's going to be a wash because you're just not seeing what you need. Um, and it took a lot out of me because i i great i love card games everyone who knows me loves i love card games and so this game was a lot of fun for me um and i really wanted to do it and the night before i got the plat i thought about giving up i thought about and honestly if i didn't get it that day that if i didn't get that next day i probably would have because i i had done so much research and so many strategies i tried it with five different decks and I could never get that far. And on the last day, I was like, all right, you know what? No, I'm not trying any of this stuff anymore. I'm going to do what my play style is like you should in any guard game. Um, and sure enough, I got it. Um, and it is it is hard and it's difficult and you need to be prepared. You need to have the right items. You need to have the right cards. Like you need to have luck needs to be on your side. Definitely. Um, but it was very uh, nice feeling. Probably one of the best feeling plats I've ever gotten. Um, I think it's right below Overwatch for me. Um, still think Overwatch is number one because you realize a lot more on skill than luck, even though you still need some luck. Um, but really fun game. I highly recommend it, especially if you're into like post-game stuff. Casey's mod brings a lot to the table, uh, and it's it was a delight the whole way through. And I, I, I think it's safe to say it got everyone in this room addicted for like a week and a half two weeks it was it was a great ride yeah i'm still fucking addicted <clears throat> i uh i'm working on i'm working on my plat right now uh i got into the game a little bit later than everybody else so i've been playing catch up i gotta say thank you to my friends for not spoiling the story for me and giving like zero hints about this game because if you haven't played inscription um there's so much to uncover there uh, it's it's a lot, and it's it's not what you're expecting going into it. Um, going in blind is like the best way to go for sure. And with what we're talking about right now, like I, I don't think it. You could still go into the story and just be completely surprised, and just I, I highly recommend it. Um, but that's the main game that I've been playing in my free time. Um, still working on that plat. Uh, it's it's quite challenging for sure, uh, but. As often as I fail, like I just want to try again. Exactly. It's it's still a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, I started Horizon Zero Dawn on Monday. Um, did uh, four hours on stream, and a bunch of people stopped by. Thanks everybody for that. I love you all. And then um, so for right now, Mondays uh, I'm probably going to uh, dedicate to that, doing like a good four hours or so. Um, and then we'll add other uh, we'll add other days as we continue going, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, those are my main two right now. All right, I will say before I get into the other things I've been playing, I also as of was it yesterday? It was the day before yesterday, whatever. Um, much more effortlessly got my inscription plot. <laughs> No, it was it was hard as fuck. Um, I literally like from all like that morning to that evening just and a lot like play 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 and there were so many times i was just like this isn't gonna do it but let's let's see and then (laughs) then you just get mauled by bears (laughs) i literally went like four hours without even like getting past the first boss it was so tough 
Um, but you're right. It is such a good plat. I, I'm so happy. I got Because literally, it's the perfect loop. Whether it's just a challenge or not, you're just... I mean, it's the, the base game fundamental is just fun. And then there's bears. <laughs> but I got the plat. We got the plat. We're awesome. We're better than Ernest. Um, the other game I just started yesterday. Actually, I started two games yesterday. So first off, I started Digimon Survive. Finally. I got through part one this morning. It is very good. Um... This is, I think, the closest I'll ever get to my dream Digimon game because it's just never going to happen. So my dream Digimon game, and I understand it's not going to have the appeal as what we keep getting. I just want one Digimon. <laughs> I just want one Digimon. I want one Digimon that I raise and our bond matters first and foremost. And bond with your Digimon matters a lot in Digimon Survive as well as other people, which is why I'm saying this is the closest I'll probably ever get to this because obviously... And I completely get it, especially like Pokemon fan. Give me more. Give me multiple. Give me a team. And But I just love... The, th- the reason I loved Digimon a little more, like at least from a show perspective when I was watching it, than uh, Pokemon. Like Ash is catching them all, right? But like you have your Digi-Destined. They just have their one little best friend and they're going through it. And pretty much what your Digimon is, it's like your persona. It's almost like something you didn't realize you were missing that completes you. And that's just always resonated with me with Digimon, and I love that series. And then when you get the newest Digimon movie, that just rips your fucking heart out. <laughs> so, but um, but I'm really enjoying Digimon Survive. The light novel aspect of it, don't play this game if you're tired. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, but outside of that, it, it's great. Uh, the story's really good so far. It is not what I was expecting, necessarily. Um but I'm all the way in. I'm all the way in. I and the gameplay is definitely really fun. Um, and then, of course, just like Ashley here, I started playing Splatoon Three. Call of Duty can suck it. Um, <laughs> I love Splatoon. I ah, oh, I love. I anytime they release a new one of these, which first of all, it's still amazing. We're at three. One came out on the first one came out on the Wii U, like the worst Nintendo console, and it is a blessing that we've gotten a third one. Uh, it is just so fun. The music's, music holds up. You get new hosts, characters. It's great. It's just the vibe you're looking for when you're playing these games. And whether you're looking to kill people, whether you're looking to just cover the ground in the prettiest color paint you can, there's just something to do, and it's really fun. And then um, the, the change with Salmon Run, very welcome. So the the last game that I beat was We Are OFK. It is a beautiful game. It's really easy to beat. You should definitely play through it. There's an issue with the plot. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty much just watching a movie. Like, so if you watch like Life is Strange playthroughs, and you're like, man, that's there's not enough interaction of, on this level. You're not gonna like this one because it's even less. You don't move your characters around. You do during the music video portion, um, but outside of that, you're just controlling the text conversations, which I still think is a really cool way to get to know your characters. Um, and it gives you like a unique perspective on like their motivations for doing things, um, whether they're doing something good, bad, whatever. You just you kind of know what they're going through and without having like a heavy dump of exposition of somebody being like this happened to them in their past, something like that. Um, but the the second the final song started playing, I teared up. It, it hit me really deep. <laughs> it is a pure indie vibe that I just resonated with. And, and I loved it all the way through. And there's a Henry Cavill shout 
There is a there's a okay so there is a Henry Cavill shout out. There's multiple pop pop culture references. There is a Henry Cavill shout out. <laughs> um, but with that, that about wraps up what we've been playing. Ernest, where can the people find us? So if you want to keep up with us, and I know you want to, baby girl, sounded good that time. Uh, I know you like it. So uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram under the show's name. It is Life is Storytelling. In case you're unawares, um, we are also available via email. Life is storytelling at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback that you have. We love you all so much. And coming up this next Wednesday, we're going to have an episode going over the movie Barbarian. It is going to be me, Ernest, and Ash discussing the, this, discussing that movie. And in the disgusting. back half, disgusting. It's parts of it. Parts of it are. Um, and then in the back half of that episode, we'll be going over the next movie in our Del Toro movie series, Blade 2. Quite a pairing. Um, but with that, thank you all for listening, tuning in. Thank you guys for hosting, letting me be here in your home and giving me the, your time today. And have a good night. <laughs>